Hello, welcome back to another episode of Jumble, number 67. Yes, I remember. Um, today we're going to be doing buys and don't buys for cards. If you're not into cards, just look at this as being 10 guys that probably aren't going to be very good and 10 guys we think are going to be pretty good. Uh, for me, it's NBA. It's going to be this year's draft class. Kendall's is going to be NFL. It's going to be this year's draft class and last year's draft class, primarily because this draft class sucks so bad Terrible. that it would be hard. Oh, excuse me. It would be hard to find 10 buys, so we've extended his to last year's as well, just because he does not have as much quantity. Um, so I'll start. I'm going to start because I have one honorable mention, then I'm going to say my first one as well as my honorable mention. Really, the reason I had an honorable mention is because there actually is exactly 11 people in this draft class that I think are going to be good. So it seemed unfair to leave the one guy out just because he didn't make the cut. Uh, so I'm going to name him too. The honorable mention is Benedict Marthurin. Uh, the reason he didn't make my top 10 is mostly just because I hate the guy in and of itself. Uh, you don't say that LeBron has to prove that he's better than you. LeBron has proven over the last 19 years that he's better than you. It doesn't like... It, it just I hate when players go about getting their press that way. Like Be confident in your game. Like John Morant is confident. He's not as arrogant. Like He is arrogant in a way because you have to be. But, like, there's just there's levels. Like, you can't come in as a rookie and be like, LeBron, you got to prove to me that I'm better than you, or you got to prove to me that you're better than me, man. Like, no, LeBron's done that. LeBron doesn't have anything to prove. And now the problem is when LeBron plays the Pacers, you're going to get destroyed. However, that being said, uh, I do think he's a good player. I think he has a game that's going to translate well from college. Uh, he gets downhill really well. He's a very versatile scorer. I think he's a capable defender. He didn't show it a lot in college, but a lot of defense is just effort um, and having the physical tools. He does have the body to be a good defender. So at this point, uh, it's really a lot about effort and just a coach telling him, like, you got to play defense. Um, is he going to get that in Indiana? I don't really know. But even if he doesn't, he's a very capable scorer. So at very worst, I see Benedict being a very solid solid six man for a long time uh that being said i'll go to my first since that was an honorable oh, yeah. mention and then we'll get it set up where it's even uh my first guy we're gonna start off with the don't buys i started off with a buy there simply because it was my only honorable mention but we're gonna start off with the don't buys first and we're gonna go through all 10 of those there's 10 on each uh my first don't buy was uh ashmin diang um he's from new zealand there's only been two players that have ever made it out of New Zealand, and one of them, I don't even remember the second one, one was Stephen Adams, who was very, very good, but yet still, like, if you look at Stephen Adams' cards, they're not very valuable. He's a very valuable basketball player, but his cards are not. Um, and honestly, really, this was just based off, as when I was looking at don't buys, because there's a lot of guys, I tried to look at all guys I could actually talk about and get the don't buys, and I got nine, and then I just got to a tenth, and I had to find a nitpick reason to say and I'm just going off the lack of success of New Zealand basketball players in the past because there's not been very much. So, and, and he's kind of skinny. I, I've watched a little bit of his tape. It He doesn't look like his game translates very well. He's not very good in the post when he's a post player. Uh, I think he's going to be able to get bullied pretty easily, even by guys like Brooke Lopez. We're not just talking about Joel Embiid, but I think he's going to get bullied by about everybody. Um, and he's probably going to be out of the league in two to three years, so don't waste your money. Um, Kendall, who is your first NFL guy up? I'm starting with the guy from last year. Um, this position is never really valuable anyway. I don't really know why a lot of people invest money in it. I'm starting off with Patrick Sertain. Um, nothing against the guy. He's a great corner. I mean, he's he's had a good rookie year. He did get hurt, but, I mean, 
He's young talent. He's going to help this Broncos team. But as far as his card value, I wouldn't buy him. Uh, I don't believe in investing all your money in a cornerback card. Unless it's Jalen Ramsey. Well, even Ramsey, though. I mean, I feel like if you're Jalen Ramsey or Deion Sanders, it's probably fine. But just, I mean, even Darrell Revis, as great as he was, his cards aren't really worth it. But I'm saying nobody really buys corner. Everybody wants the quarterback, running back, wide receiver. See what I'm saying? I think with corners, if you reach a certain status, like. Dion status or Jalen status, you make your cards valuable. But for the most part, I agree with you. That's you, fair. You have to be so good to reach that status as a corner like Dion Sanders or Jalen Ramsey. I mean, even Darrell Rivas being as elite as he was, his cards are worth nothing. You watched me buy last card show we went to buy 10 of them for like $3. Yeah. So I agree with you. I was just saying. Oh, like no. Yeah. I, no, I Dion. agree. I'm just saying, though, a lot of times people buy those because yeah, same reason you buy Jalen Ramsey, Florida State guy. Mm-hmm. You buy them for the college. Certain people will buy them because he went to Alabama. Alabama, great. I mean, that's the way you look at him. People will buy Henry Ruggs just if it's an Alabama card. Because, I mean, I buy West Virginia players, even though they have a terrible career, but they went to West Virginia. So, Patrick Sertain is my first one. Okay. I think it's solid. It's hard to reach that status as a corner to get your card value up there. I agree with that. Uh, my next guy is Dalen Terry. Dalen Terry is he's, – he's more of a unique – player in a sense that well when you look at his college career he went to Arizona Um, Arizona did pretty well this year they did fine Uh, here's the thing and here's the guy that I want to take as an example does anybody here remember TJ Leaf okay you do you don't great I'll explain it anyways TJ Leaf was a teammate of college uh, star Lonzo Ball at UCLA TJ Leaf ended up going around 28 27 late 20s early 30s somewhere in there and T.J. Leaf is no longer in the NBA. Here's why that is. And it's, it happens in football as much as it happens in basketball. When you have a superstar playing beside you, like Benedict Martuian, who fortunately I've already talked about, they make other players look a lot better, which is another reason I like Benedict, because he made the people around him better. He's drawing so much attention, and he's making these right plays because he's such an elite basketball player that he's making Dallin Terry look really, really good. When in reality, I don't think Dallin Terry's that good. I think that he's benefited from playing with a guy like Benedict, who is a very elite-level player, and made his stock rise because, for one, he was on a good team because of that guy, and he's getting a lot of open looks, open lanes, and opportunities because of this teammate he has. And by all means, take your opportunities as they come. You know, you have to take the opportunities that you're given, and he did, and he did a good job of that. He got himself into the NBA, which only 60 guys plus a couple free agents a year do, and most of those guys don't even play. So, you know, props to you for making it to this point. It's nothing against you for taking an opportunity that you're presented, but as far as card value, a guy that's not very good isn't going to have value, and I just don't think he's very good, which is the case for most of the players I might don't buy. There is one that is kind of a unique situation, but for the most part, and I just don't think Dallin Terry's that good. I think Benedict made his name what it is, just as Lonzo did for T.J. Leaf. And if you bought T.J. Leaf cards, you know, now you're looking back and you probably feel pretty stupid. So, you know, don't do it again. Don't make the same mistake. Okay, my next one, I've got Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon is a great running back. He was terrific for Oklahoma mm-hmm. and Ohio State, I guess, if you want to count that. Um, but as I'm looking at the 49ers depth chart, he's not the starting running back. He's not the second string. They didn't even have him as third string. They've Ooh. got him at fourth string. Ooh. And I'm watching people. Okay, there's this app that we buy our cards on called Whatnot. I mean, I'm addicted to this app. I buy all kinds of crap that I don't there need. Anyhow, I'm seeing people drop $100 for like these RPAs with Trey Sermon. I mean, yeah, maybe one day he'll be good, but. As of right now, he's not even top three on the running back list for his own team. Uh, his rookie year, I'm looking at, and it, it says like he averaged 167 yards the whole season. 
Like, and these people are dropping hundreds of dollars. I just don't think behind Elijah Mitchell you're going to get much playing time unless Mitchell gets hurt, which that could easily happen. He's in the Rams division. Rams hit hard. You know, Seahawks still hit hard too. But I'm just saying as of right now, don't spend your money on Trey Sermon. Fair enough. I think he has potential, but I understand your point there. I think well, he, it's, Everybody's got potential. If they get that's shot. very true. Everybody does that's have potential. Everybody makes it to the NBA for a reason. Uh, next, I have a guy, Christian Braun, uh, national championship. Congratulations to Kansas. Um, as a huge North Carolina fan, I don't have anything against Kansas. Kendall will tell you, even before now, I have Kansas shirts. I've had Kansas shirts. I've always been a Kansas fan. Uh, it's my secondary team. If you're playing anybody but North Carolina, I root for Kansas. I've yeah. always I've always been a fan. Uh, yep, and that's where I always wanted to go to college. I always wanted to go to Kansas. You know, at that age when you still think you're going day one, and you know, one and done, you're going to the NBA. My one and done school is Kansas. I wanted to play for Bill Self. That being said, congratulations um, to them. It's one of the few national championships that didn't absolutely break my heart because at least Kansas won. You know, like I would have rather Carolina won, but it's fine. Oh, so you did mention how you picked them every year for your. Oh yeah, I've picked them every year for the last seven to eight years. And I told I've told Kendall for years. I said I am picking Kansas till they win, and they won this year. So now next year when bracket season rolls around, I will actually get the freedom to uh, pick as I like, which is pretty cool, you know. Because you know even if they made it as an eight seed, I kind of felt obligated to make sure Kansas won in my bracket, which I don't have to do anymore. Uh, but on terms to Christian Braun, it's basically the same deal as Dolan Terry. Uh, I think Ochiagbaji was their best player, and you know. Christian Braun played kind of a, a Draymond Green type role. Here's the thing with Draymond. Draymond is a once-in-a-generation player, and I don't mean that from an athleticism point. Like, LeBron is a once-in-a-generation athlete. I don't mean it from a shooting perspective. Steph is a once-in-a-generation shooter. What I mean by Draymond is you're not going to see lots of guys like Draymond come into the NBA and succeed. If there was another Draymond to come in now, he's probably going to suck, just to be honest. And if Draymond was on a lot of other teams, he wouldn't be that good. Draymond has flourished in the system that he's been put in, and all credits that I actually really like Draymond. I'm a, I'm a fan of Draymond Green. But as far as Christian Braun goes, he's a really scrawny white guy uh, that is a stretch four that doesn't shoot the ball that well. Uh, really what he did for Kansas, he was, he was like their grit guy, their guy to get the guys fired up and do all that. And, you know, for whatever case that may be, but in the NBA – you know, he might find a 15th spot on a bench because he is good at, like, firing guys up and getting everyone motivated. So it could happen in a case where he has, like, a Theo Pinson role, like on the Mavericks. Theo Pinson doesn't play, but I think he'll be with the Mavericks for a long time because he he's just a really good teammate. And Christian Braun may do that, but he's not going to be a very good basketball player. He's way too skinny, he's not that tall, and he doesn't shoot the ball well. That just doesn't make for a good NBA player, especially when you're playing a four. You're going to be going up against six, eleven guys like Anthony Davis who are very, very strong, and you know other guys like Christian Wood who shoot the ball very well in these roles. And I just don't think he's going to be able to stop them. And he might develop a jump shot, which if he wants to succeed, he's kind of going to have to. But for the most part, I don't see this guy having a lot of success in the NBA. I would stay away from those cards if you, unless you're a Kansas fan, that you know, whatever. But if, I mean, if you like him, buy him. That's, that kind of goes without saying with any of these for the record. If you like the guy and you just want to collect his cards because you like them, cool. But if you're trying to make money, no. <laughs> like for us, we, you know, we collect cards just kind of like stocks, you know. <laughs> you buy the good players, you move them. That's what everybody does. But my next one is a guy that I think would be really good. Can be really good, but I don't think he's going to quit running his mouth and getting in trouble. I've got Kadarius Toney. Um, he was great his first rookie year. He did, you know, he did great things for a rookie receiver, and then he played the Cowboys and, you know, went all out, started 
fights, everything else. I mean, mm-hmm. guy's going to have to not do that if he's going to be a pro athlete. I mean, look what happens to guys like that. Randy Moss could have been on the Patriots for years and years afterwards, but he started running his mouth. Look what happened. Bill Belichick cut him. I think the Giants will keep Tony for a while, but Giants are about to be under new management or new coaching or something pretty soon. Or did they get known this year? I think mm-hmm. they got known this offseason. New guy, coach. new coach might not like that. Uh, you're going to have to just keep your mouth shut and let the ball do the talking, but I don't see him realistically doing that. So I've got Canaries Tony is my next one. It's an interesting one because he definitely has the talent. I mean, well, of course, we've said, you know, for a lot of people, they have the potential, but he has even more than potential. He has the skill. But, you know, that you you do have to abide by certain rules and regulations, and a lot of players have problems doing that. Aaron Hernandez would have been an all-time great, but, you know uh, – I, I don't even tell you about Aaron Hernandez. If if I you, Google it, like if you know, you know. Yeah. If you don't know, Google Aaron Hernandez story, and I'm sure it will come up. So, anywho's on to the next one. Wendell Moore Jr. played for Duke, uh, late first rounder. So Wendell Moore was actually supposed to be a lottery pick last year. This was his sophomore season. Um, underperformed drastically as uh, a freshman. And again, it's a Dolan and Terry Christian Braun situation. It's three guys like this in a row. Look at that Duke team. That Duke team was talented. Like, they had so many good players. Had Paulo, who I think is going to be awesome. Paulo is going to be great. Uh, Mark Williams, second best shot blocker in all of college basketball last year. Trevor Kills, a good grit guy. Uh, I can't ever think of that other guy's name, but it's the guy that kind of looks like a fish. He was pretty good. That Seriously, he looked like a fish. Uh, A.J. Griffin was a pretty good talent. And, you know, Wendell Moore had some skill. Here's the thing. Again, he doesn't shoot the ball that well. He doesn't get downhill well. He doesn't finish around the rim well. I, what don't, just, I don't, for, I don't want to say he's not a good basketball player because he's in the NBA, and if I played him, he would destroy me. But, like, He's just not – it's not his game isn't going to translate. I don't even think he played as good as people think he played this year. I think his team was just so good, and his team made it so far to the Final Four, and all the players around him flourished, so he flourished, you know, because he has all these opportunities once again, and he took advantage of his opportunities. Again, kudos to you for that. But I just don't think his game's going to translate. Um, and this isn't on the turn of Wendell Moore, but – Help me think about that. Do you know that other guy's name? I can't think of the, the, the fishy-looking guy. I think he was number 12 for Duke. Do you remember his name? I, I don't know about Duke players. I, I don't keep on the college basketball. I know, I know all the other ones. Let me just let me pull up Duke's roster real quick. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I, I just have to do this. I, I, have, to, I have to make this, not mental note, uh, audible note, I guess. So here, just looking at Duke's roster last year, Jeremy Roach. Great player. I can't remember if he got drafted or not. I think he stayed. Jeremy Roach. He'll eventually be a first-round pick. Very, very good player. Talented point guard. Uh, Let's see. I think I might have went... Is this... This is not the right roster. This is not the right roster. Okay, it it says it's the year that I'm looking at, but Paolo and all those boys ain't on here. So there just ain't no way... That this is right. Oh, I have to hit go. This that was this year's roster. Okay, sorry. I just I had to click a button that I didn't click. I was like, I know this ain't right because I ain't seeing the boys that I know was on this team. Let me start over. Jeremy Roach is still on that team, but okay. Let me start over. Here we go. Wendell Moore, first round pick, athletic guy, pretty good player. Trevor Kill, starter, also first round pick, 
maybe early second, late second, late first, early second round pick, Trevor Kills. Jeremy Roach will eventually be a first round pick. I'm very confident in saying that. Great player, did well for Duke this year. I think he actually did not get nearly enough credit. I think Jeremy Roach was their third best player. Paolo was first, Mark Williams was second, then uh, Jeremy Roach. Did not get enough credit. Paolo Bancaro, the number one overall pick and an amazing talent. I cannot say enough good thing about him. Fishman, number 12, Theo John, uh, was kind of, him and Trevor Keels played a really similar role and they both did a good job and both had, you know, certain games where they were good, certain games were bad. Uh, Joey Baker, who was a top 10 recruit at one point in time, didn't play a lot. Uh, Mark Williams, uh, the second-best shot blocker behind Walker Kessler in college basketball. Would have been first any other year, but Walker Kessler was just a freak of nature this year. Uh, A.J. Griffin, who shot over 40% from three and was a lottery, either a lottery pick or the 15th pick. I think he was 15th. So that is one, two, three, four, five NBA picks, at least four in the first round. Jeremy Roach, who will go to the NBA, and uh, who is the other one? And Joey Baker, who was at one time a top 10 prospect. And yet Carolina, who did not send one player to the NBA this year, not one. Brady Manick was our only guy that left. And he did not even get drafted to the NBA. I think he made it to him and then got cut, didn't he? He, made it, he played in the uh, summer league, but he, did, he never got signed or anything. He's playing in Australia. Uh, did not send one player to the NBA. Did not have a lottery pick. We didn't even have a late second round pick. And we still put Duke out of the Final Four. Suck on that, Coach K. I didn't, West Virginia even had a late second-round pick. Even West Virginia had a second-round pick. We didn't have a pick, <laughs> and we still sent Coach K home, crying after his last game in Cameron Indoor that he didn't get to win. And the biggest joy of all, we got to put him out in the Final Four, the first time Duke and Carolina have ever played in the tournament. And it's in the Final Four in Coach K's last year, and we sent him home. He's not playing. He's not coaching no more. He would have had one more game, but you know why he didn't? Because Hubert Davis – and Caleb Love, who deserves no credit, and R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott, and the friggin' man, Brady Manick. Oh, my God, I love that guy. What a stud. People were making fun of him at the beginning of the year, including me, calling him Sasquatch, and I'm so sorry, because you, <laughs> sir, are a stud. No picks, knock Duke out of the Final Four, no more Coach K, and Carolina fans will hold on to that forever. It's just like having Michael Jordan. We'll, Carolina fans will throw Michael Jordan up in your face forever. And the next time there's a Duke argument, well, we sent Coach K home in his last game in the Final Four. So I just wanted to add that in there, that Coach K can suck one, and that Duke is horrible, and Carolina is always going to be better. We don't even need – you have five first-round picks, and you couldn't beat us. You have five. Five. Five first-round picks. And you still could not beat us. Twice. Twice. For your next one, Kendall. All right, well, on a uh, less exciting note, I've got a guy you could technically say is a rookie this year because he didn't do hardly anything his rookie year. I've got Dwayne Eskridge. I don't know um, is. Well, I mean, he's not a very big pick. He's a wide receiver out of Western Michigan, but for the Seahawks, he played more of a running back role. Let's put it in perspective. His rookie year, he had 64 receiving yards off 10 catches and one touchdown. Uh, he had 59 rushing yards, though. So he's kind of like a terrible Debo Samuel or just a non given a chance Debo Samuel, I guess. Um, but this guy, I don't think he's really going to get that opportunity this year because, for one, his quarterback is either Drew Locke, who cannot hit anybody, won't Drew throw it to anyone, horrible. or my personal favorite, Geno Smith, who we've seen <laughs> what he did. He threw it to DK Metcalf every time, which yeah. worked out pretty good honestly, for him. he took the smartest route he possibly could. Yeah, that's honestly the only that's way you can move. do it right there. The veteran move. They did get a tight end, didn't they? Did they? Maybe not. I might be over. I'm, I'm thinking they got somebody this they year. Got somebody. Decent. Oh, they got Noah Fant. Yeah, that's it. So 
the way I look at it is either Noah Fant or DK Metcalf's getting the ball every time. Yep. Plus, he's not going to be getting no running back reps because they drafted Kenneth Walker in the second round, so he's definitely getting playing time. And especially now that Chris Carson retired. That's what I was going to say, too. Chris Carson's gone, so Kenneth Walker will be their number one running back. This guy might sometimes see the field as a wide receiver three or something, but I just don't realistically see his cards worth what they're going for. Fair because, enough. I mean, I'm seeing some big bids on this stuff, and it's yeah. craziness. Fair enough. All right. Mine probably – none of mine are probably going to go into the link that I just did on Wendell Moore, but that was mostly just because I wanted to talk crap about Duke. Uh, but the next one's a Duke player. I actually have three Duke players in my don't buys, but I'm not a hater, I promise. Um, kind of. But uh, Trevor Keels, Trevor Keels. Trevor Keels is another guy has a similar role to Draymond Green, but he's smaller. Uh, he's not as tall. Doesn't once again does not shoot the ball well. Really, if you don't shoot the ball well at the four spot anymore, you're probably not going to be good in the NBA unless you bring some really unique skill like Draymond. He doesn't shoot the ball well. He's not. He's just a talker, man. He just talks like he doesn't even do like the gritty things. He just talks like he does, which annoys the crap out of me. I think Trevor Keel's got way more credit for that Duke team than he deserved. But, you know, once again, Duke had five, at, at four first-round picks, five total picks, and Brady Manick still put him out of the tournament. Brady Manick, I love you. Don't buy Trevor Keel's cards. It's actually probably the worst one in my 10 don't buys. Don't, don't get Trevor Keel's cards. He's not good at all. My next one is a pretty obvious pick, I, I think, but people still are buying up on him. I got Kyle Trask. Uh, Honestly, I thought Kyle Trask would be really good coming out of college, and there's nothing about his talent or playing skill or anything about that. The reason I say you don't buy him is because right now, I mean, the head coach is Todd Bowles. If they win a Super Bowl this year with Brady, I know this sounds weird to say, it's going to be a miracle. It's Todd Bowles. Um, I mean, his defense is what cost him Super Bowl last year, if you ask my opinion. But anyway, he's not beating out Brady for a spot this year. Nobody's. What's even worse is I'm pretty sure he's third string on the roster right now because I think Blaine Gabbard's still second just because of the, you I know, think you're right. just because Blaine Gabbard's considered a longtime veteran. So this guy is probably not going to see the field. He's going to be the next Jordan Love. He's just going to age out and nobody's going to want him. Give him a shot because who's going to give a, you know, 28 year old quarterback a shot that's never stepped on the field? It usually realistically don't happen. Sad to say because I figured he'd be one of the better ones out of the group. He still might be. But realistically, I just don't see his cards being worth anything. Okay. My next one, and I think that – okay, no, you know what? Actually, I, it's not in this order, but I'm going to go ahead and give you my last Duke player that's in the don't buys. A.J. Griffin. Uh, my brother and I spent a really in-depth time talking about A.J. Griffin because here was his thing. If A.J. Griffin played well for Duke, they almost always won. Like, if he would give you 15 or 20 points, Duke was going to win. He was their X-Factor player. And a lot of people were excited about him because he's like 6'8", kind of moves like a guard, and he shot 40% from three from college. I don't think that's an accurate shooting percentage, and here's what I mean by that. You hear you hear people talk about it all the time. It's like 40% isn't always 40%. Like, yes, it, he did shoot 40%. I'm not saying he like that's a fake stat, like somebody made it up. It is. It never seemed like he was that consistent. And again, when you're talking about a guy that, like, when he does this, they win – but you shouldn't have to talk about it. It's like you shouldn't have to say if he does this. It's like he's either going to do it or he's not. And it, hey, I, really, the the number one thing I could say about AJ Griffin is inconsistency. He just wasn't very consistent. It, it wasn't something that was sustainable. He would come out one game, hit six threes, have twenty five points, and then come out the next game and go one for thirteen, have five points and six turnovers. He's just a really inconsistent player. 
And when you're inconsistent in the NBA, you just once you screw up, you don't get another chance. So I think this is a guy that really actually has a lot of potential, but he's got to learn to be more consistent. How do you do that? I don't really know, but you got to figure it out. It's just not something that's going to be sustainable in the NBA because you screw up so many times and you're going to get sent home to the bench. I don't think he's going to be a great shooter like a lot of people are expecting, and I don't think he's going to be a great player. But, you know, this is the the 15th pick of the NBA draft, if I'm not mistaken, the third Duke player to go at this point after Mark Williams went at 14. Let's see. He might have been 16. I'm thinking. No, no, no. Yeah, he's 15. And Mark Williams went at 13. Paulo went at 1. Then they had the other two guys go, and Brady Manick still put him out of the tournament. So congrats to you, Brady Manick. Once again, I love you. Congratulations on sending Duke home to the tournament. That's my last Duke player in the Don't Boss. All right, my next one is a James favorite. I've got his boy Kellen Mond on Don't here. Don't buy Kellen Mond. What an it's for the It's for the same reason. What an atrocity. It's for the same reason as Kyle Trask, though. Buy I mean, Kellen Mond. No, you want people not to buy him so you can buy more of him. Don't buy Kellen Mond. That's what I thought. Anyway, I mean, for some reason... Kirk Cousins gets no credit. Kirk Cousins has good stats every year. They just don't win games, which is not all on him. That's on his running backs, his defense. I mean, Kirk Cousins almost throws 4,000 yards every year. You can't complain about that. Sure. That's what you need a quarterback to do. Maybe cut down a little bit of interceptions, whatever. But, I mean, they, <laughs> they just got rid of uh, Zimmerman as the coach. So, I mean, new coach is definitely going to come in with Kirk Cousins. I don't see him saying, okay, we owe Kirk $50 million this year. Let's just bench him and start uh, Kellen Mond. I don't see that realistically happening. So Kellen Mond's going to be another one that just ages out, I'm afraid. And, you know, uh, that or I see these guys coming in like Ryan Mallett. Do you remember Ryan Mallett? Yeah, I do. Set behind Brady all those years, gets to play in Houston. It's terrible. <laughs> but he still gets the starter job, misses the flight <laughs> because he was, I think he's either drunk or high or something. I think he was high. Missed his flight and just drives the game. <laughs> at, gets there after the game's over. So, like, First off, if I had if I was in that position to make millions of dollars, you would never catch me oversleeping or doing any of that. I'd be I'd be in prime shape at least. I might suck, but I'd at least be in good shape and I would be ready to get to the game. So yeah, Kellen Mond, unfortunately. That's why James owns all my cards of him. Kellen Mond's a beast. I'm telling you, if he gets playing time, he's gonna be awesome. Hey, you know I like Texas AM quarterback. I know you just I, if he gets playing time, I think he'll be good. But to Kendall's point, I don't think he's going to get that playing time. He, he so in in, in, a, in terms, I do agree with you. I just think he's one of the guys that if he does get an opportunity, I actually think he'll be really good. But in your case, I do think you're right. And unless Kirk Cousins gets hurt, which I would not wish upon anyone. I don't see it happening, though. I don't know if he, yeah, but he he stays in the pocket a lot. So if you know Nadamik and Sue were to sack him, who's a dirty player, and just you know step on his ankle a little bit. Kellen Mond might get some snaps, but that that would probably be what it takes to get him a chance, and you can't depend upon a guy getting hurt to start your career. Although it does happen, you, you ask Tom Brady, but, yeah, but it does happen. You just can't depend again, on it. Been hurt, you know. No, I'm talking about Drew Bledsoe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's what started his career. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but anyways, my next one, I have Walker Kessler. So. Walker Kessler, as I've mentioned earlier, was the number one shot blocker in all of college basketball. Here's here's the problem with why it's a misleading stat, and he had many games. He had eight, nine, ten blocks, which is unbelievable. But most of his blocks were against guards. Like, he wasn't blocking the other center that often, and he does have great timing. But when you get to the NBA, the athletes are more athletic, and the centers are a lot bigger. And he's actually a pretty beefy guy. Like, he's a big guy. I don't think he's going to get bullied that much. 
But when you go for blocks like that, because he goes for every block. Like, he's got an opportunity to get a block. But you guys guys know there's foul baiting in the NBA. He's probably going to foul out of every game he gets 20 minutes in because he tries to block every shot. Like, John Morant is going to make you foul him or he's going to dunk on you. Joel Embiid is going to bait you into a foul because you want to block his shot so bad. I just don't think his style of play, once again, and that has a lot to do with it because you can be great in college and not be good in the NBA. Like Tyler Hansborough, one of the greatest college players of all time. Christian Leitner, one of the greatest college players of all time. Their play style just was not sustainable in the NBA. You can't play like that at that level. And I don't think you can play the way Walker Kessler plays in the NBA and be successful. I think if he has a good career, he'll be like a Nerlens Noel who comes off the bench, gives a little bit of a spark because he does get a couple blocks, and that would be about as good as I see Walker Kessler being, which is good enough to make him some money. It's good enough for him to stay in the NBA for 10 or 12 years, but it's not good enough for you to invest all this money for him in a rookie because it's not going to be that high again. So I would recommend not buying Walker Kessler cards. Walker Kessler, what a name. I know another good Kessler. Uh, Cody Kessler? <laughs> yeah, Cody Kessler, we won't get into that. Okay, here's another guy that – this is going to be a questionable one. I, I think I think James will – Kind of disagree with me on this one. I'm saying Chuba Hubbard. I think, um, I just think this year with the quarterback situation as it is, they got two quarterbacks that run the same system. They run the Carolina system well. It's, you know, run around frantically in the pocket, get stressed, and run run an option pretty much. Speaking of, have you seen Matt Corral has been taking second team reps? I have not. But after the Baker Mayfield performance of like six for 15, the interception, Mm -hmm. I don't see why you would even consider that. If I'm the Panthers, realistically, I'll get back on my tube in a second. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think you do start Baker for week one. I let him get any anger he's got out towards the Browns, tear it up. But then this is what where I go against everything I always say. You bench him. Well, it depends how he plays. No, it don't. Because he knows the Browns' defense and offense like nothing. He ran it in practice. He knows everything about it. He can pick it apart. Uh, but why? But okay, here's the problem. He's going to have this big confidence. He's going to go out there and just try to throw it and force everything, and he's going to be terrible. That'll ruin his rest of his career, in my in opinion. In week two? In week two, three, four, five, whatever, however you want to play him. I say you play him against the Browns. He tears them apart because he knows the defensive schemes, knows the offensive schemes. Nothing's changed. It's the same team he's practicing with two months ago. Then you put out Sam Darnold, who you know had five touchdowns in his first like training, training camp, camp appearance. Let him play four or five games. If he sucks, yeah, you're done with him. You get rid of him, never again. So then you're stuck with Baker and Matt Carell. You put Baker back out there after he's had more time to run the playbooks and get used to you know seeing different offenses, defenses. And if he sucks, you got Matt Carell. You cut your losses. You draft another quarterback next year. See where it goes. That's just my opinion on it. You might disagree Trevor with that. Trevor Hubbard. Yeah, I'm just that's my opinion on that. You you agree or disagree with that? I I will say I disagree. I think you start the former offensive rookie of the year in Baker Mayfield. Um, definitely week one. If he sucks, give him week two. If he sucks again, change it up week three. If he's good, play him as long as he's good. But I, I think you give Baker more of a chance, personally, because I think he still has a little bit left. That's fair. That's fair. I think he'll always be a backup to the retires. Though. I think he can always oh, I think fit he can on the team. Do a job as a backup, 100%. Anyway, if not a starter. here's my problem with Chuba. McCaffrey's going down again. Let's go ahead and just face that. Week, week, four, week four through seven, I'm predicting. 100%. I agree. It's that's gonna happen the same thing to Chuba. He's gonna have an injury and he's gonna get hurt every year because the Panthers scheme is like I said, you run around the pocket. If nothing's open, you run an option or you throw check downs to the running back. And then they get destroyed. They're gonna put Chuba in that same position and he's gonna get killed every time because first off, he's got two quarterbacks that are trying to prove something, so they're gonna force the ball and get whatever they want. Yep. They're not gonna get sacked, they're not gonna throw interceptions if they don't have to. They're gonna force it to the running back. So he's gonna get killed and get hurt. 
Chuba, I think, is a great investment. You know, I I would get his cards, but for injury injury wise, I think there's better options up there. I agree. I agree. So Chuba, unfortunately, is not a buy. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, my next one is going to be where'd he go? Johnny Davis, a guard for Wisconsin. A lot of hype around Johnny Davis at the beginning of the year as he performed very well. Johnny Davis wants to be Trey Young, and Johnny Davis isn't Trey Young. It just it's not. It's, he's not going to do it. Uh, more of this, and I don't like to base a lot off summer league. Here's my problem with his summer league performance. So you're playing against first and second year guys, or guys like you know Brady Manick and Justin Jackson, who don't really play in the NBA and they're just there for summer league because they need roster fillers. Theoretically, if you're pretty good, you should dominate the summer league like there is no if you're good you have no business not dominating summer league because these guys are way worse than the guys you're going to be playing in the nba i mean like justin jackson had a heck of a summer league justin jackson's going back to australia after the summer league's over he's not even in the nba he was out there killing people i think that kevin durant is quite a bit better than justin jackson and now you got to play against Kevin Durant. Now you got to play against LeBron. Now you got to play against Jalen Brown. Now you got to play against all these guys, and you couldn't even do anything against Justin Jackson. Like his performance in summer league was atrocious. Um, and there was a couple guys like that, and not all of them made my list. The number one guy that you'll notice that's not on my list. Period for buy and don't buy is Jabari Smith. Because honestly, I don't freaking know. I have no idea. And I'm not going to tell you one way or another. Decide on your own on Jabari Smith. I don't know. He confused the crap out of me because I was excited for him coming out. And then he came in the summer league, and I thought, oh, my God, this guy's never played basketball before. But Johnny Davis, the way that he plays, he should have been able to just cash out in the summer league, and he failed miserably. Don't think he's going to be very good. Don't do it. Don't buy the cards. Okay, I'm going back to this year's draft. I mean, it's hard to not just say, you know, don't buy here's my number eight. The whole draft class. I don't have faith in any of them. I'm not gonna buy hard any cards. Any buys for this draft class? I had two, I think. Two, okay. I'll have to double check, but I'm pretty. I know two off the top of my head. But, okay. Um, I was curious. They'll pretty much be who you think they are. Well, I had three actually. I know three. Okay. Um, this one I have Malik Willis. Um, the guy played at Liberty. First off, not a big college. I'm not drafting anybody from little schools. I refuse. I'd rather take a chance on an Alabama quarterback that you know played half a season like Tua than I would a guy that played. Four years at you know that's fair at South Dakota State. That's and fair. Not throwing names out. Yeah, but. you're right. Um, also, it's not not about Malik Willis's playing ability. It's nothing about that. I mean, the guy's all right. He's okay. He doesn't play big teams, big defenses though. That does hurt him. But does. for some reason, I don't know why, people love to just ride on uh, Tannehill's back. They just oh, Tannehill's got us. We're gonna win. That did you so well in Miami. It it's done awful. you so well in Tennessee it was too. Awful. Last year. Congrats. You beat probably one of the weak, weakest Patriot playoff teams ever. I'm sorry. And that stink. team was and awful. And he played against the Bengals. Did he not throw two picks on the first three drives? I'm pretty sure he did. But, I mean, even against the Patriots, we had nobody that year. And Brady, I mean, Brady was discouraged anyway. They were talking about trading him. Brady was done with us anyway. No, that was when he was ready to leave. Yeah, he was done. And he still didn't win the game for him. Derrick Henry carried him, and then the defense carried him. That's all it was. So they're going to keep Tannehill until he retires, I guess, because Vrabel, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know. I like Vrabel, but he's not the smartest coach. Honestly, I would too. Just give him a chance. But that's why I would not buy Malik Willis. He's not going to get a chance. Not one bit. I don't think so either. I agree with you. Next, for the don't buys, I think we have two left. Yes. Yeah, we do. I'm saving my most interesting one for last. I'll save mine for last. Okay. Uh, 
My, this is this is the one I'm most excited about to tell you guys don't buy because I hate this guy. Like, I'm not. I don't wish anybody to get hurt. I don't wish anybody to be a failure. But, no, nah, screw that. I hope you you're terrible in the NBA. Jeremy Sochan, dirty player. All I have to say, dirty. Go watch the UNC game. There was two, three technicals called on UNC, all instigated by Jeremy Sochan, and he managed to stay in the game. Knocking people down, elbows, just doing the dirtiest, stupid crap. And you're going to get fined for the NBA in that, and nobody wants you. And honestly, I just think he's a piece of crap. Uh, like, I, I, honestly, I think he's a jerk. I think he's an arrogant jerk that he doesn't shoot that well. He's not a great basketball player. He's just an instigator. And people think he's going to be this Draymond Green. Here's why Draymond Green, and I've mentioned him several times. This is why Draymond Green is so good. Draymond Green, despite being a little edgy, has a great basketball mind. He knows so much about basketball. So if you combine that with being a little edgy, that's a good player. You can't just be a jerk and be a dirty player and suck and be like a Draymond Green. He went way too early. I don't remember who picked him. It might have been Sacramento. Wasted pick. Terrible guy. I hope he fails out and he's out of the league by next year. Don't buy Jeremy Sochan. He sucks. Dang, brutal. Yeah, I hate Jeremy Sochan. Okay, here's... Oh, we still beat Baylor in that game, by the way. You suck, Baylor. We still beat the number one team in the second round. All the dirty crap, all the technicals, sent it to overtime. Still won my playing a freshman that hadn't played all year. In a, I want to say Dayron Sharp. That's a, a player from like two or three years ago. I can't remember his name. Dontre Styles hit a huge three. Hadn't played all year. Come in the game. Won us the game. You suck, Baylor. Go ahead. All right. Well, here's another one of my favorite South Dakota State quarterbacks I have zero faith in. Trey Lance. Um, I have probably, probably at least 20, 30 rookies of Trey Lance. Okay. Even a jersey card. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them. <laughs> uh, anybody want to trade me for some Jalen Hurts or, you know, Heck, I'll even take, you know, Kenny Pickett. Like, let's trade around with some stuff if anybody wants it. But Trey Lance was not good last year. Nope. This year he's getting thrown into the starting spot after they pretty much just said, hey, we're done with Jimmy. We know we're getting rid of him out of nowhere. So, I mean, Trey Lance is getting thrown into this thrown into the fire. position, which I don't think he's going to be able to do anything with because they're not going to be able to sign him much help after giving Debo money. Yeah, Debo deserved money, was but – at the same time, I think I'll be able to keep Kittle. Say he does have a bad season, they give him another shot next year. I think I'll be able to keep anybody else but Debo. That was my problem with the deal with Debo, is he only had one good year. Yep. I mean, he's more of a running back than anything. Mm-hmm. And which they got Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon. That one dude, I can't even. Raheem Mostert? I don't think Mostert's there anymore. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That or he's not on the roster. I'll even double check that. But it was showing somebody, somebody weird. Let me see. Raheem Mostert. I looked up Raheem. I didn't look up Raheem Mostert. They pulled up a soccer player. <laughs> My goodness. Raheem Sterling is that guy's name. He's on the Dolphins now. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Wow. Dolphins got a lot of speed. Dolphins, uh, I still think they're going to choke just because well, of two. I'm not saying anything about it. I'm just saying they got a lot of speed. Yeah, I know. Fast but, guy, but you know how my opinion is on Tua. Oh, yeah. I'm, okay. not saying, I'm not saying anything about the Dolphins other than they got a lot of speed. Here's our running back situation for the Niners. Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson Jr., okay. Tyreon Davis-Price, Trey Sermon. Dang, that's tough for Trey Sermon. So, and it says Debo can make $2 million more. I just read this a minute ago while you was looking at the other one. $2 million more if he plays running back position. Ooh. So, not only does that also boost my Trey Sermon pick down lower, because yeah. that's now he's fist string, but it also just shows that, you know, that's one less receiver when he gets hurt. Yes. So, Trey Lance also did not play any big defenses. Mm-hmm. Putting that back out there, he's no different right. than Carson Wentz, and look how good Carson Wentz is. Right. So, Trey Lance, zero faith. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, 
This is my most controversial don't buy that I saved for last. I think I got you beat, though. I don't know if you do. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm not going to go on the route of talking about whether his game translates or not. I'll probably talk about it a little bit. But here is the main reason I don't think you should buy this guy. This guy is Chet Holmgren. I don't think you should buy Chet Holmgren. Now, first off, talking about his game, he's skinny. That's all. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) Uh, But here's the thing. Let's take LeBron, for example, right? Go back to 2003. Now, when we're talking about money here, we're going to factor in inflation because $100 in 2003 would buy you a lot more than $100 buys you now. But let's just use $100 because it's nice and even. Again, factor in inflation. So let's say a LeBron rookie card is going for $100 in 2003. Now, if you guys remember, when LeBron was coming into the league, actually, you know what? Let's use Zion because that's less inflation, plus that's when I was alive and, like, remember it. So let me scratch that. So let's say a Zion rookie card is $100. No, I was using LeBron for a reason. Never mind. I'm going to switch again. LeBron, $100, 2003, okay? So that card now would be worth probably three, $400 because LeBron has proven that he is an all-time great. He's a Hall of Famer, won multiple MVPs, multiple championships. For the most part, though, thinking about those guys that were hyped up, such as Zion Williamson, who I can bring back into this, the the year their cards are most expensive are their rookie years because that's that's just when the cards are the most valuable, when they're rookies, because this is when they have all that potential. This is when they have all this and all that. And in order to get that value back up, they have to be as great as LeBron. If Zion doesn't you know, do something, those $100 cards from 2019 are going to go down to $50, and they're going to go down to $20 because he didn't prove anything. Chet Holmgren's cards are so expensive right now because there's so many people that think Chet Holmgren is going to be the next KD, and he's well, this they're and he's that. Pick, they always are expensive too for no reason. Well, they always are, but Chet's are even worse because yeah. they because I know people paid for uh, Jamarcus Russell. Absolutely, and just Chet is so expensive, even more expensive than top five picks usually are. I think his cards are worth more than Paulo's. Probably are. I, I'm ninety percent sure they are, and he has to be so good to even maintain that value, much less get it up. He has to be so good. And it's probably not going to happen because unless he ends up being an all-time great, right now as a rookie are the most expensive Chet's cards will be. And unless he is, I mean, and I, legitimately, unless he is all-time great, Hall of Fame level good because that's how expensive his cards right now, his cards will never be this valuable again because they're so high right now. He has to be so good to raise that value that it's just not worth the buy. Statistically speaking, it is significantly more likely they go down. Even if he's just a good player, like a, like a Stephen Adams that I talked about earlier. Stephen Adams is a good NBA player. I have no problem with Stephen Adams. His cards aren't worth that much. So if Chet is just a good NBA player, his cards will never be as valuable as they are right now. I don't think you're going to get a much return investment because they are so expensive, and I don't see them getting back up to this price again. So if you want to buy them later down the road when they're cheaper, whatever. If you just like the guy, cool. But if you're trying to flip, they're so expensive right now, I just don't forever see getting that value back at them. Forget the basketball. The cards are just simply too expensive to get a good return investment on them. That's actually the exact reason why I have my last one. I've got Kyle Pitts. No! I'm, uh, okay, so let me break this down for you. I've... I spend way too much time in cards in general. I mean, I'm on whatnot looking at them while I'm at work. I'm doing it at the house. I'm going through what I've got. I'm I'm eBaying it. I mean, I'm always looking at cards because cards have just always been something I've done ever since I was little. It's It's fun. fun. It's me and my dad's hobby. That's what we do. It's a good time. Kyle Pitts, you know, he came out. His cards were still up there. I mean, he, you know, 
first round pick, I, I think. I think he's first oh, round 100%. pick. Oh, 100%. I think he's a top five pick. I think you're right. The top 10 for sure. Definitely but top 10. His cards weren't that big. He goes out and has a thousand yard season as a rookie. Everyone is buying his stuff super high. People are buying the redemptions. I mean, even redemptions, like, that's a risky buy, too. Mm-hmm. Always keep that in mind because sometimes they can't fill your redemption. You get some random card. That's happened to me several times in the past. Jordan but, Tobin. Yeah, Jordan Tobin. Well, no, I didn't get nothing back on him. That's what I'm saying. You didn't get anything back. But some, but that was outdated. I'm saying even sometimes, like, one time I was supposed to get a uh, Sheldon Richardson autograph. Mm-hmm. Didn't have it. I got Nick Foles instead. Oh. But that was when Nick Foles was big, so it actually worked yeah, out better. it works out well for you. But I'm saying redemptions you don't always get back. I've seen people dropping almost a thousand dollars on like mosaic Cal Pitts autographs and stuff. Yes, Cal Pitts is good, yes, but at the same time, his cards are sky high right now, and he's going to drop because he's not going to be able to keep this greatness up because he's in Atlanta. He's the Atlanta hero this year, but now he's got Desmond Ritter and Mariota, who I have. I like Mariota, but it's Manziel. Like, what are we going to do here? Yeah. Um, I just don't realistically see him going. You know, su- all these Super Bowls and stuff like Gronk. You know how much a Gronk rookie card goes for right now? Raw? A lot. 30 bucks. Wow. They've dropped badly. <laughs> Once this market crashes down, Kyle Pitts rookies, you can get them probably $10, $20. Fair so enough. I'm saying, you Fair just, enough. this is, at the same time, I hate to say don't invest in them. I'm just saying don't make it a top priority investment. Don't make it your number one investment. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And that brings us into the buys. These are people we think you should actually purchase. <laughs> Which is, after talking about people to not buy for the last long time, it feels weird to say that. Uh, My first guy is Tari Eason. Uh, Again, you don't put too much stock in the Summer League, but we just can't ignore how good this guy was in the Summer League. Uh, He was elite. He finished well around the basket. His jump shot looked much more fluid than it did at LSU. It was very impressive to me how he cohesed with Josh Christopher and, you know, he stepped up because Jabari Smith was horrible in the summer league. And Tari Easton said, you know what, it's cool. I'm going to show out. And, you know, there were some questions if he would make the roster or not because Houston has so much young talent. After that summer league, he's probably going to be a starter. And I think he should be. He really impressed me. He did a lot of things well. And he just he fits that unit as well. He fits their timeline. <coughs> Excuse me. I knew that was coming, too. <laughs> I felt it coming. I was trying to hold it back, but I couldn't do it. Uh, he fits their timeline. They have a really young team in Kevin Porter Jr., Josh Christopher, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, Ty Ty Washington, and now Tari Eason. He's going to fit nicely with them. I think his game cohesives well because he can spread the floor. He can get up and down. He can get downhill. He just has a lot of ability to do a lot of different things, and he's a good defender, which, you know, good defenders are very valuable because they're much more rare nowadays. So I think Tari Eason would be a good investment, and I think that would be a smart place to put your money. All right, well, a lot of these are going to counter-react. I'm thinking the first one does for sure. I've got Elijah Mitchell. Um, (laughs) I guess that's pretty obvious why I have Elijah Mitchell. I mean, like I said, you know. But after I read the Debo thing, I'm kind of rethinking a little bit. But at the same time. But he's still the running back one. At the same time, you still have two running backs, two on the field, if you think about it. Yeah, they because, I mean, like, Patriots have Ramondre Stevens and they have Damian Harris. But Elijah Mitchell is the number one running back. He's young talent. He almost had a 1,000-yard rush in his rookie year. That's pretty good. And he didn't get um, a lot of touches, and he still almost had 1,000. Well, they're going to be running heavy this year anyway because of my – Well, also because of my other don't-buy pick, Trey Lance. They ain't going to throw the ball very good. So they're going to run the ball a lot. Oh, I think they're starting three running backs, aren't they? 49ers. 49ers, they got Elijah Mitchell – but they're starting three, and they're starting Who would they 11. be? Elijah Mitchell? Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, and Trey Lance. 
Oh, <laughs> Trey Lance, yeah, he'll try to run. He'll get killed. I'm telling you, Trey Lance is going to be a joke. But I think he's going to run a lot. Elijah Mitchell, I'd say, would also be a good fantasy pickup just because he's going to get a lot of carries uh-huh. and maybe even catches. They might try to do it in a Panthers format. So Elijah Mitchell is definitely, I think, would be a good buy if you get him cheap enough. I've got a few I bought for like a dollar or two dollars just because right now he's cheap. He's under the radar. That's the guy you want to invest in. By the way, uh, I'll let you guys know we're recording this on uh, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday though. Our fantasy draft. I moved it to seven thirty Friday because my brother doesn't get off work till six, is which when we had it. Hopefully, what do you what are you doing Friday? You work. Hopefully we'll record our fantasy draft on. We did that last year, so I'm hoping this. Now, of course, you won't. You'll hear it the next week because this is going out Friday. Yeah. But my plan is, as long as it works with you, Ken, when we can work it out, is to do that podcast and talk about our picks as we're going. That's my tentative plan if it works for you. Sounds good to me. All right, so that'll be next week. I just wanted. I was just thinking because you said fantasy. Anywho's on to the next. Nikola Jovic. His name is so close to a two-time former MVP, and he's from the same area. Just get his cards, because why not? His, he has, like, his name is almost the same as Nikola Jokic. Just pick him. Why not? It's fun. It's fun. He's He's got to be good. His name is Nikola Jovic, as opposed to Nikola. He's got to be good. There's no way. So, get, get his stuff. Well, I have a short one, too. Uh, I've got Derrick Henry Jr., Najee Harris. I mean, they're going to be... Kind of iffy on quarterback. I don't think they have their they have their set quarterback already, which I'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, but I mean, they're gonna be a run heavy team. And Najee Harris, you know, I think he had a thousand years first or thousand yards his first year. Right? I think so. Anyway, he had a good rookie year, so I mean, why not take Najee Harris? I agree. That's a possible fantasy pick for me, depending upon. I have the third pick, by the way, guys. Uh, we the top three in our league last year. I'm I'm our league manager. And I awarded the podium finishers, which was myself, Kendall, and Royce. Uh, I allowed the top three to select where they wanted to draft in that order. So Kendall got to choose first. Kendall will be taking the fourth overall pick. Royce chose second. He chose the fifth overall pick. And I went third, and I chose the third overall pick. So those are already set. So I already know where those guys are picking. The rest of them are randomized. But those three are set for sure because I thought it was – I mean, what, like, because we didn't have a league reward or punishment, so I thought it would be fair to give podium finishers some type of reward in the next season since it's mostly the same people. So, just for reference, but uh, my next buy, uh, Jaden Hardy. Jaden Hardy was a guy who was projected to go top three uh, last year before this NBA draft. Ended up taking the G League route, which screws most people's uh, draft stock. And, excuse me, unless you're Jalen Green. This guy's got buckets all his life. He was great for Dallas in the summer league, and he just knows how to score. He has a knack for basketball. It just it's some people got it, some people don't, and he has it. I think he could be a great guy off the bench coming off for Luca because Luca is so ball dominant, and so is Jaden Hardy. But I think he's going to be a great six man, and I think a team will eventually realize like, holy crap, this guy could be a great starter, but he's not going to be in Dallas. But eventually, I think this guy is going to be really, really good. He's already got experience playing with grown men in the G League. And, again, he's got buckets all his life. He was supposed to be top three. I don't think that's going to stop now. I think he's a good buy, and that's somebody that I would go with personally. I'm going to stick with my running back route. I've got a few in here, but I'm going to go ahead and take knock some of these out. I've got Javante Williams. I think he's another obvious reason. I think he's going to be a great uh, Carolina guy, so I know James likes him. But I think for some reason, I can't explain why, but Russell Wilson makes running backs 
big time. He made Marshawn Lynch even bigger than what he already was. And, you know, it just – I just think that he'll be really good in Denver. Denver's kind of run heavy. And I think the only other running back he's got to compete with is Melvin Gordon, I think. So I don't think he has much competition. So he should do pretty well. That's a good buy. That's a good buy. Uh, my next one is Ty Ty Washington. Uh, again, he fits with Houston's super, super young core. Uh, he's a great shooter. He looked good in summer league. He was great in college for Kentucky, who got bounced in the first round, which was awesome. I loved that. Uh, really enjoyed that loss. Hate Kentucky. You guys suck. But Ty Ty's pretty good. He's a good system player, and he's good at breaking out of the system. If he needs to create something on a broken play, I think he's very capable of doing that. He can score. He can facilitate. He's not a great defender uh, because of his size, but if we're being like just completely transparent – most point guards aren't great defenders. There's like five good defending point guards in the NBA. It just it's it's a rarity. So it's hard to knock a point guard for not being a great defender because again the majority of them just aren't. But he fits well with the young core. He's great in the system. He can shoot the ball, create for others, runs the pick and roll very well, which is ran so so many times in the NBA. So just having great knowledge of a pick and roll, something as simple as that sets him up so well for the NBA. And I think he'll do well in Houston coming off behind KPJ. My next pick is uh, a new favorite of mine. I like this guy. I'm going to start collecting him a little bit more myself. I've got Ramondre Stevenson. I think that coming out of Oklahoma, he wasn't really, you know, prospected very high. He came out of the fourth round for us. Um, but he really didn't get as much credit as he deserves. He had a decent rookie year. wasn't bad. But the thing about the Patriots is, you know, they kind of always struggle in running backs. Damian Harris has been good. He's out of Alabama. But – I mean, over the past few years, we've just not really had good running backs. With Danny Woodhead, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, Stephen Ridley. I mean, not really big names to hold on to, not like we had in the early 2000s. But I think with Ramondre Stevenson, who's a little bit bigger than most of the guys we've had, and then Damian Harris, we've got a, we've got a kind of a big running back and then our elusive back. And I think yeah. I think we need a big running back to replace James Devlin retiring. So I think Ramondre Stevenson would be a good pickup. Fair enough, fair enough. My next one for the buys is going to be Jake LaRavia. So Jake LaRavia is really interesting. If you guys don't know his draft story, uh, he was projected to be a mid-second round pick because people thought he was 21 for some reason. And Wake Forest went out of their way to prove his date of birth. He's actually just 19. I don't know why people thought he was 21. Kind of weird. Uh, here's why I think you take Jake LaRavia. I'm willing to say this is the most unique reason for any of our picks of any of the players we've selected, yours or mine. This is the most unique reason I think you should buy Jake LaRavia cards. I went and watched Wake Forest play North Carolina this year. Jake LaRavia destroyed us. He killed us. I've never seen a player dominate, like, well, I've never seen a player of that caliber. Because, like, Zion Williamson, yeah, whatever. But, like, Jake LaRavia, you probably never even heard that name if you're not an ACC basketball fan or, you know, the draft. He killed us. He was so good. He was backing people down. He was hitting turnarounds. He was hitting his threes. He makes his free throws. He can handle the ball well for a four. He is an ideal, real stretch four. Like, this is a stretch four, which is a position that has proved to be valuable in the NBA. He can pop out, make your threes, and he's actually a pretty beefy dude. Like, he can get down there in the post. He'll get you some rebounds. He'll get you some post-ups. I think this is a great player if he gets in the right system. Uh, it's going to take the right system to make him flourish, but I think – 22 out of 30 teams in the NBA that have a system that would fit him. So as long as he doesn't get unlucky and fit on one of those eight teams that doesn't have that system, I think he'll be fine. And I think he's a great player that is going to end up being not a superstar, 
maybe an all-star once or twice, but a very, very good role player for a long time. My next one, I've got Brees Hall. I think that he was very good at Iowa State. I watched him play a lot against West Virginia. Um, I think he'll be really good in this young Jets team. He does have to compete with Elijah. No, not Elijah Moore. Uh, Michael Carter. Michael Carter, that's it. But I, I think he'll get a lot more reps than everybody thinks because he's more of an elusive back. Michael Carter's a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think he'll be a good pickup. Maybe not this year, but next year because I think everybody thinks he's going to get start this year and he won't get start this year. But, I mean, it's hard finding people out of this draft class that are any good, and I think Brees Hall is one of the you know diamonds in the rough, I guess you'd call him. Okay. Somebody from this draft. Cool. Yeah, I got two more. Don't worry. All right. Uh, all right. I've got five more. I want to save two for last. Actually, there's three I want to do in the last, so I'll do the other two. Uh, Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran went 14th last lottery pick. He was the best center on the board. Had a great summer league. Has a great build. He's more of a – he's not much of a modern-day big as opposed to the guys that shoot – but it's been proven that there is viability for those guys that are able to dominate the paint. And I think in three, four years' time, he will be a very dominant big that can make these post moves, has a decent handle, a very viable mid-range shot. He's just he's a big dude, and he was able to go to 14, which is, I mean, that's a great pick. I think that this guy has a ton of potential. Actually, he went third. I don't even know. He went somewhere around there. I think it was 14. It's It's somewhere between 12 and 15. But best center on the board going that late, and I think I can't remember what team. It's either the Grizzlies or the Knicks. Anyway, I can't remember, but I remember looking at the team he had. Fits the roster well. They needed that position. He's going to get PT, and I see him fitting in and making an impact basically immediately. So buy his cards before the season starts because he's probably going to be good off rip. That's kind of what I'm going to talk to is a guy that's going to be good off rip in my opinion. Uh, he didn't play at all in his actual rookie year. I've got Travis Etienne. Yeah. I think he'll tear it up this year because the quarterback connection like that is huge. When you have a guy that you know has played his whole college career with the same quarterback, it's going to make him even better. He's got great connection, great chemistry already. I think that Etienne will have a great year. And, I mean, you don't really have much to look forward to in Jacksonville. I don't think that he's got this, oh, we got to go undefeated this year or anything like that. Their goal is just to be better. You're trying to get your rookie or your second-year quarterback to look better. You're trying to just, you know, have a decent record. So I think that he doesn't have much pressure, and I think he'll do fine. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Travis Etienne will be pretty good. Next, Keegan Murray. Uh, Short and simple again, because this is a guy I honestly didn't watch much of in college. He looked awesome in summer league. He he really competed with Paulo, who's the number one overall pick, who's going to be a superstar at some point in time. Um, He's a competitor. He's very athletic. He's got a good shot. And he's with the Kings, who's a very young team. Are the Kings probably still going to be bad because it's the Kings? Yeah, the Kings are going to suck because it's it's the Kings. Like, that just is what it is. They're idiots. But individually, I think he's going to be pretty good. I think he's going to be pretty good. So I don't have a lot to say about him because I'm not going to lie and act like I watched him in college because I, I did not. But Summer League looked great. Looks like his game is going to translate well. I saw him get downhill, get to the basket well. Saw him make a couple of contested threes, open threes, and facilitate for his teammates. So – I think he's got a lot of potential to be good in this league. My next guy is another guy that doesn't have much pressure this year. I think he'll do well. I've got Davis Mills, or, you know, Davis Longneck Mills is what everybody calls him. Um, this guy was second in all of the rookie, you know, passing, like, like I don't really know, charts, I guess, standings. He was great. I think that, you know, 
I think he'll do good this year. There's not no pressure on him. He doesn't really have to compete for a starting job because, I mean, who's going to take it from him? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has to have a decent year, though, or they'll draft somebody. But I really think yeah. that he's got this job locked up for a while. I think he's a good quarterback. He's a tall guy. I mean, he can see over the line well. I think he'll really do well. So mm-hmm. that's my prediction on that one. Mm-hmm. Solomon Kendall's buys. Don't like it at all. Don't it's like a, it. It's an obvious buy. Don't like that one at all. Uh, by the way, save your best buy for last. I'm saving my best buy for last. As far as – well, I mean, I don't mean best <laughs> no, player. I don't mean best player. I just – like you think best deal and every. Okay, all right, all right, cool. Uh, my next one is Jaden Ivey. At the time of the draft, I thought he was the best player in the draft. After going back, watching film, watching Summer League, all that, now I would be willing to say that Jaden Ivey is the second best player in the draft uh, because, unfortunately for him, there is a superstar in the making in this draft. However, he's still pretty stinking good. Uh, I think that Jaden Ivey is going to be great alongside Cade Cunningham, you know, a future top ten player of all time. So I, I think they're going to pair together well. They're both very athletic. They both can shoot the ball. They can both facilitate for one another as guards or get it to their big men and run the pick and roll. I think they're going to be similar to a Dame and CJ combo as far as the one and two position go, except Kate is much bigger than Dame, and Jaden is more the size of Dame than CJ. So they're a bigger backcourt, which is something you probably need. That small guard backcourt doesn't tend to work as much. But I think he's going to be great. I think the Pistons are really on the web. I'm expecting the Pistons to be a 9-10 seed this year, which may not sound great, but they've been the 15-14 seed for the last three, four years. So 9-10 is a drastic improvement. I think they will make the play-in. They'll probably get booted out of the play-in, but I think they will be there. And I think this will be a team that we see have a lot more success, which will drive up value because if your team does well, you must mean you're doing well. And I think he's going to have a great individual performance, probably be all-rookie first team in my opinion. And I have a lot of faith in Jaden Ivey. I do think he is the second-best player in the draft all the way to go. Also, I take it back. I really think ETN probably be the best buy because I was thinking about how expensive some of the Mac Jones are going for. I'm getting these, like, 2 and $3 ones that you just think yeah. it's cheap. I'm thinking watching, like, uh, Weed the Hobby and, like, Backyard Rips and Backyard Breaks and stuff, how much their cards are going for. So I take that back. ETN probably be the cheapest like, or most economical buy. He's still high, but, you know. Most economical. Big words. Big yeah, words. well, I, I'm you know I'm big word. I'm a college guy. No. <laughs> I know. I'm just just saying. It's just community. College. I'm just saying. You know, college What's student. You know, I got to use some. I had a 98 in English. You know, I got to flex it oh, a little bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, who I was going to say would be my best buy, but once again, you know, I already mentioned him. It would be ETN, but I had Mac Jones at first. No. Mac Jones is going to be a great buy. I mean, <laughs> he, he's got it made. Like, I'll admit, you'll hear me admit, Patriots division is not that hard. It's not. It has a bill. I mean, but over the years, it was not that hard. You always have one competitor, so, like, you know, the Broncos division has got three this year. Uh, I think Mac Jones will strive this year. He's got a great team. His defense has only improved with getting people such as, you know, uh, I just forgot his name. He was on the Browns and then the Giants. Uh, Jabril Peppers. I mean, We've only upgraded. We got Devontae Parker. Ramondre oh, Stevenson already mentioned is a great buy. Mac Jones is going to be the next big thing. Oh. I, I've said this before the season even started, before everybody hopped on that train, as James can attest to that. You can also attest that I hated him before he was ever a pick. I can also attest that you said that two would be better. 
That can still come okay, up. That's that what can we're still... talking about. I no, 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 I no, no. I, I wasn't trashing you. I'm saying that was our picks. You had oh, yeah, two. Yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. Mac Jones. They both are starting this year. Yeah, yeah. If you're right, our you're argument right. will be decided. No, I'm not saying two is a bad pick because we don't know yet. We don't know yet. But no, we don't know yet. Um, but Mac Jones is just the smart buy. I think mm. your risky buy. This is. A, I do have one buy. Kind of an honorable mention. I'll just. I'll yeah, mention, if you want to mention it at the end, you can go ahead. What? You want to use it now? You want to wait till the end? If it's like an honorable mention, go ahead. I'll use it now. Um. Another one that goes higher than Mac Jones, which I think is 50 50, is once again Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah. ETN, he'll make ETN a star, but it doesn't mean he'll be a star. So That's true. Just want to put that out there. Fair enough. Uh, two left, two left. Uh, the first guy, this is it. This is really a tough buy, to be honest, but I think it's worth it. So you guys heard me talk about Chet Holmgren, and it was a situation where his cards are really high right now, and the only way that he can get them back up is if he is a literal superstar Hall of Famer caliber player. Well, my guy here has some super high value right now, but I think that he will be a superstar Hall of Fame caliber player, and that is Paulo Bancaro. Paulo is great, man. I, he really impressed. Like, when you watch a guy in the summer league, it just looked like Paulo had no business playing with those guys. Like, he was miles better than almost everybody on the court. He facilitated as a four so well. He got the ball to everybody, got everybody involved. He attracted so much attention just being himself that it opened things up for others. He was hitting his three-pointer super consistently. He's almost impossible to stop going downhill. If you let him get that first step, you're either going to have to foul him or he's going to score. There's just nothing you can do. I understand that the only people that are going to be able to buy these people are the people that have money to buy to spend on cards. Like you have to have that money to spend. But if you do have that money to spend, I think it's worth it because it's the same situation with Chet. Where yes, I understand the cards are high, and in the situation where we're using a hundred dollars, if it's a hundred dollars, I think in ten years it'll be worth two hundred. I think he'll get his value out of him because I do think he'll be a superstar. However, as far as as Kendall's words, economical buys and people that are good for the money, relatively cheap. He's not my best buy. We I still have one more, but I do think he's going to be a legit Hall of Famer. I think he's unbelievable. His game is very transcendent and modern. I think he's going to be great. So I would buy his cards if you can't afford them. They are expensive. Okay, uh, I saved my last two for this upcoming year since that's the theme of the draft. But you know it's hard to pick. I got a guy that I have a lot of faith in. I've got Kenneth Walker. As I mentioned, Dwayne Eskridge is going to get cut out because of Kenneth Walker. I think Kenneth Walker is going to tear it up because, once again, they're not going to have the strongest of arms to throw for unless they trade for Garoppolo. That has been rumors. Because, I mean, he's out there and free now. He yeah. can go wherever he wants. But Geno's going to hit DK and Noah Fant all the time. Drew Locke's going to be all over the place. So what options does that leave you? Running the football. Well, Chris Carson, unfortunately, has the neck injury and retired. He made the, the life decision, not the football decision, which I respect him for that. Not right. a lot of guys realize that. Right. But – I think Kenneth Walker, I mean, he was great at Michigan State. He picked apart Michigan every time they played. All what did he was he there all three years? I think so. I think he was there for three years. I mean, he he was great. Tore him apart. Uh so I say he'll be a great buy. I mean, because if you want to buy Seahawks, I'd buy him over to Wayne Eskridge. But yeah. a lot of people don't realize that. But Kenneth Walker, smart buy in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a great buy. Now for my best, most economical buy that I think is going to be awesome. Is it already in a great system? I think this is literally out of 30 teams in the NBA, the best team that could have drafted him in order to succeed. This is national champion. Once again, congratulations. Uh, Ochi Ogbaji. Uh, he was the best player for Kansas. 
shot the ball. He, he's a four-year player, so he's already somewhat of a veteran. I think he has the knowledge and is a very smart basketball player. He makes so few mistakes, rarely makes mistakes. He's a great defender, has great size to run the two or three, shoots the ball very well, finishes well around the basket. He gets to the basket with ease. He he doesn't power his way, but it just he always finds open looks around the rim, which are, you know, great shots. He, I, I think this guy's such a good buy. And he's with Cleveland, so now he's going to have Darius Garland creating for him. He's going to have Evan Mobley, who does everything. Jarrett Allen down in the paint for him. Karis LeVert, who is – he has a very similar play style to Karis LeVert. I think the first thing that he should have done when he got drafted is say, give me Karis LeVert's phone number right now and make best friends with Karis LeVert because he could make so, so much money following the model that Karis LeVert has set and styling his game to a similar place with him while using his three-point shot that he already has. I think that this is a great buy. I think this is not a Hall of Famer, not necessarily an all-time great, but a multiple-time All-Star who's going to see a lot of success and be a part of what Cleveland is building right now. Like People don't realize Cleveland is doing something right now. Cleveland's got Darius, Evan, Jared Allen, now Ochiagbaji. They still have Karis LeVert. That's a scary team, if you ask me. I think they could really make it probably to the second round and make us give a team a scare. And this guy's going to be a huge part of that. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes, as a lot of rookies do early on, because he's seasoned. He was in Kansas for four years. This is a great buy. I have a ton of faith in this guy. Also, I forgot to mention when I talked about Paulo Bancaro, number one overall pick that Duke had, along with their four other draft picks, and Carolina still beat him. Still beat him twice. Knocked him out of the Final Four. Love you, Brady Manic. Thank you. Your last one, Kendall. Okay, let's talk about hometown heroes. What do you think of when you think of a hometown hero? Mm, that's interesting. I mean, around here, it's different. We don't really have any. Okay, let's, let's put it in the sp- like actual sports, <laughs> okay. like, like put it in like college to pro, whatever. I mean, probably I LeBron would be the first. I mean, honestly, because he went back to Cleveland, he won Quinn fan Cleveland favorite, correct? Played it, definitely grew up there, grew up in Akron, 20, 30 minutes away, went back to Cleveland, won him a championship. Exactly. I've got Kenny Pickett on this list. Uh, t- maybe this, maybe. this is a this one's risky, I agree, but. Look at it this way. Today they announced Mitchell Trubisky that the starting spot is his to lose. I hate when a coach says that. That puts so much stress on you. This job is yours to lose. That's pretty much setting you up for failure. It is. I've seen all kinds of videos on social media about how all these little kids are, you know, wanting pictures with Pickett and all this stuff. He's a Pittsburgh native. He he went to Pitt University. I mean, I think he went to high school in Pittsburgh, too. I I think he's from Pittsburgh. I believe so. I mean, what more can you ask? The guy stayed – you know, in his state for college, and now he's on his pro team of his uh, – I'm losing my train of thought. He's now on his pro team in his state. This guy wants to play. He, I mean, right here I'm reading all this stuff. He works learning from Mason Rudolph, which I don't know if that's the greatest thing, but he's thinking good. He's got fan fans already rooting for him, wanting to play. This guy's a no-brainer that's going to try to do everything he can to be a starter in Pittsburgh. All rookies do that, but he's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to be that guy. In the competition, he's got a guy that's either third or fourth year there, has done nothing, Mason yeah. Rudolph. I do yeah. like Mason he Rudolph, but really he's done nothing. Um, he would have had to deal with Dwayne Haskins, but unfortunately he's passed. Uh, so that leaves him and Trubisky, in my opinion. I don't think Rudolph has a chance. Nah, uh, Trubisky, Trubisky's got some good stats that get overlooked, but again, it's Trubisky. The MVP. I really just don't think he lasts long. When he has to play Baltimore and Cleveland, who's going to have Miles Garrett and them blitzing him and stuff, he's not used to that. 
Kenny Pickett's a scrambling quarterback. That's what they need. I, I mean, they've never seen a quarterback like this with Big Ben and Terry Bradshaw. I mean, that's who you think of when you think of Steelers quarterbacks. You don't think of these scrambling quarterbacks like they had Vic for a year, they had Cordell Stewart. You don't think about that, them as much. Kenny Pickett's going to change their whole offense, and it's, they're going to turn it around. I don't think they finished last in their division. Fair enough, fair enough. See, who does that division? Uh, wow, they don't finish last. That's a good division, too. Man, that's that's tough. I don't know Rams, if it's... Bengals, Browns. Bengals win, of course. I think yeah, Bengals, third, Bengals win the division. I'm giving probably. them third. Who's fourth? Browns. Browns. Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. They're that, all over the place. Yeah, they're they're all over the With place. four quarterbacks, that, who are they going to start through week one through six? All right, Josh Rosen. Your options are Josh Rosen. <laughs> Josh got Joshua Dobbs, and they got Jacoby Brissett. Probably Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, Brissett actually. Be a brainer, in my opinion. I think so, too, because he's actually been, been decent. But he's also been hurt before with hand injuries. Those are the worst. For Those are bad. But I just don't see any faith in all the other ones. We'll see. That Cleveland will be an interesting team to follow yeah, this year. Six game, say they lose all six games. That already, right That's right tough. Right, yeah. Six. yeah, even if you win out, which is near impossible. And Deshaun's not played in a year and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about what he's going to look like when he comes back. That'll be interesting. So I'm just putting him last as a safe bet. Fair enough. Anyways, guys, that will close us out here. That's going to be all for episode 67. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week, you'll probably hear our fantasy draft, I would say. Uh, we'll tell you what everybody else picks as we go along. We'll tell you our picks while we picked them as everyone else is picking. Um, and, and it'll be a fun time. You know, it sh- I don't know how long it'll last. It honestly depends on how many people auto-pick because you just never know. We hope nobody does. We hope nobody auto-picks, but I'm so confident because it happens every year that at least one person will end up auto-picking. Um, hopefully I'm wrong. I know Kendall will do it because I'll be here. I know He knows I'll do it because I'll be here. Plus, I want a good team. I want to- Absolutely. I, I know my brother will do it. I know Royce will do it. I'd say Sawyer will do it. Sawyer will be there. That's five. Uh, Sierra will do it. Grant will do it. That's seven. I can't. There's enough, in my opinion. Yeah, that's enough. We'll we'll have a competitive league. We'll have enough to talk about. But anyways, that's it, guys. Hope you enjoyed episode sixty-seven. And if I can get back to where you close out the episode, we're out of here.